Oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, <laughs> um, we're 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 back with it with another episode. Um, we got the 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 little bit of a little ghetto setup here going on. Um, recording with the USB microphone. We're doing remote. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know this is how it goes. Um, I'm up here in Berkeley. Um, our friend Tony here is is down in the the SoCal, <laughs> SoCal, SoCal Korean bubble. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> and I'm in the the armpit of NorCal right now. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> literally the armpit of NorCal. And so, yeah, we're back, and um, we're talking about serving platform. Like, what does it look like to? Um, <laughs> spend your life for Jesus as some would say it. Right. But I think yeah. as we maybe have come to realize from personal experience or even just like people we know, um, yeah, like ministry service can for sure be an idol. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ministry platform, whatever it would be. And so I think that was just kind of our heart with this episode, just to kind of unpack that a little bit. And yeah. so, yeah, man. Um, like you said, you're kind of like the the cornerstone of GMI, right? Like, you know, like that's Jesus, dude. dude. That's, dude. that's that's that's, <laughs> no, that's yeah. the language. That, that was a little heretical, my bad. Yeah. Right. That was a little heretical. Um, but yeah, like I mean, like obviously, both of us have like like served, um, like or definitely kind of like done our time, so to speak. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what, are, I mean, if you want to just kind of share, like, what, what are kind of your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, like, I just want to, I want to just do this. It's, it's a little foolish, but just for fun, you know how Paul, he kind of boasts about his pedigree. Um, mm. like these like super apostles that are coming Shoot. to church. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, if I could just lay out the pedigree of my serving, it's Dang. Been, like, okay. it's like, um, starting as soon as I pretty much got saved. Mm-hmm. I was a student leader as soon as I got saved. Okay. My first retreat ever, I was a student leader and I was helping lead a small group in my first retreat ever. Okay. Uh, then I immediately jumped into high school leadership, immediately Dang. jumped into Awana leadership at the same time. Okay. Um, and then during that same time, I was also on KCM Core. Shoot. Uh, so I was part of three different leaderships at once. Um, and then I jumped over into college leadership. Uh, and after college leadership, I joined into EM leadership and I led a house church for EM young adults for a year. And then after that year ended, as I was coming to an end, I jumped into pastoral ministry. And now I've been in youth ministry as an assistant pastor for the past three and a half years. So I guess you could say for the past, like, pretty much my whole Christian existence, I've been a leader, quote unquote, in the church. And I... I, as I say all of that, nothing of that impresses me. Nothing, everything that I said, there's like, oh, like you served the church for a while. But I realized like all of that is great. But like if I bring it before the Lord, it's nothing like, I, I don't really see it too much as like, oh, here's everything I did for you, God. Yeah. Uh, and I think one thing that I kind of have a gripe with with 
sometimes the serving culture or you need to serve, which is true when you when you have a natural appreciation for the gospel, it leads you to a place of serving. And I just think that's how the Holy Spirit works. If you truly understand the gospel, it leads you to a place of wanting to be like Christ and serve. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I think people in the church validate their walk with Jesus because they serve or for the sake of serving. Like their their prayer life is for the sake of their ministry. Their mm-hmm. prayer life is for the sake of having something to say on Sunday or making sure that you're you're not hypocritical in the church or like it 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 becomes like a, a play or a plat like for you to be able to perform. Like your the spiritual disciplines is kinda like can you can you play the game? You know, can you play the game of spirituality? And I think, um, honestly, that just gets tiring, bro. Dude, that's facts. And I think I think what's interesting too. I think I think I can bring like a little bit of a different perspective too because I grew up in the church, and yeah. so like I wasn't necessarily leading people spiritually, but I was like in positions like I was serving like well before I got saved. Like mm-hmm. I I think. Um, to, to, I guess for like my, my own, like little bit of context, like I got saved. I think, I think like during my like junior year of high school, I think that's when I actually had like, like a regenerative moment, if that makes sense. Like that's, I think that's when I was like actually born again. Um, like it, the entirety of the like 17 or so years of my life prior, I mean, I was like totally just, I, I was a pagan. I mean, I was like just a pagan. I mean, like I would, I would show up to church um like i knew the bible story you know i mean like the typical just yeah you know, like just com- I, I, unfortunately like, we see we see that like all too often uh, especially in the american church um but yeah just like a a false christian basically like i was for sure deceived um didn't really like i had no real real grasp of the gospel like that sort of thing um and so yeah i think um yeah i was put in i, I served uh, for like I think as soon as I was old enough at my old church, like I, like the church I grew up at, like I served and I served, I mean, it started off like, okay, I was serving in like, like the, like toddler ministries, right? Like, you know, like where they're like leading, helping out lead Sunday school or something like that. And so I wasn't like, again, instructing anybody spiritually or teaching <laughs> like mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, I, I think by God's grace, I wasn't, I don't know what, what business I would have had doing that, you know, if I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was put in that position, but yeah. And like, I mean, serving, serving, at least in the context in which I grew up in, like, was like, it was like a given. It was like, oh, you go to church? Like, oh, you serve. Like, I mean, which is, which is true in a sense, like that's good. And like, yeah, like we should serve, like, like you said, like a true understanding of the gospel. Um, like, like, as it says in James, right? Like, yeah be moved to serve like that is just like a given um but i think on the flip side too like yeah like people um are 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 allowed to serve are given positions of leadership and i think unfortunately in many cases like um they are not uh I don't know, for lack of a better term, like vetted, right? Like people are just mm. giving like, yeah, you want to serve? Like, go for it. You know what I mean? And mm. I think the heart behind that is like, 
I, I kind of understand it in a sense, you know, it's like, this is an opportunity for you to grow, to, to be sanctified, right. To be challenged in these ways. But I think like, I, it, unfortunately, I think it's, it's kind of dangerous. I think from, from like my own personal experience, like I've seen, like, um, I mean, again, praise God that I was not given any kind of spiritual authority over anybody because I had no business exercising that whatsoever. Um, (laughs) but you know, like, let's just say like, hypothetically I was, I mean, in some sense I was too, because like, I was, I was like a leader to like children that were like younger than me, obviously. And again, even though I wasn't leading them or discipling them, I was still like a role model. Right. And I think if you were to look at my life throughout those, those life stages, um, I was an incredibly poor role model. Right. And I think looking back to like, um, yeah, I mean, like I even have like a lot of regret, like, like, like in, like before I was saved and and how I was a role model to even like my little brother. Right. And so it's like, you know, um, yeah, we like serve, serve. And there's like a culture of encouraging that, which is, which is good. Right. Again, like, like true Christians, born again, believers, like if you get the gospel, like absolutely you should serve. Um, but I think, um, I've seen a lot of, um, just, I, I don't really know what to call it. Like may, maybe just uh, like, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm searching, but do you get what I mean? There's just like a general, like we, we, there isn't all that much attention given to, like you said, like what's, what's the spiritual health of like the people that are serving, right? Like yeah, there's there's no process to just kind of see like, oh, where are you at before I throw you into a position where like either you're serving people or even just something as simple as like being a role model, because like, you know, for sure, if you're serving um, like or, or serving with like, you know, children who are like younger than you or, or even if it's like like you were talking about serving as like a house church leader or something like that, like you're still you're in you're given a position of authority. Right. Like however small. And it's like. Yeah. I don't know if there's all that much of a process, like at least in my experience, like to, to kind of vet people and be like, you know, are you, um, are you, I mean, I guess number one, like saved, right? <laughs> like, do you yeah. have like saving faith? But on top of that, like, um, you know, like, are you in a position or at a level of, of, of spiritual maturity, right. To, mm-hmm. to, to handle this. Right. And so I think in, in my experience, like that just hasn't happened. And I was just like thrown into these, uh, position well not thrown like i saw it right but like you know thrown into these positions of um like service or leadership without really all that much like like to to kind of see like if that was a good idea in the first place you know yeah so, no, a hundred percent i think like it's like for the for the sake of it, it, it doesn't seem like it, but it's like short-term results or long-term results. Like, do you want short-term gains or long-term, you know, investment? Like, yeah, it's it's like the people. It's like people who'd rather buy a lottery ticket than um, go to the go like invest in stocks. You know, stocks you're not gonna get. It's minimum. You you should invest ten years. Like, you're gonna get your money back in ten years, and yeah, painful. You're not able to get it, but it's guaranteed that you'll get like 10% of your money back, you know, or it'll, it'll increase like 10%, at least whatever you put in. That's yeah. the old rate. But now I think it's like crazy just because stocks themselves these days are like shooting up. People are like doing crazy things on the market. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's, it's so like that. Cause when we throw a person into serving and for myself too, is like what it, 
subconsciously does to a person who doesn't really know the gospel or doesn't hasn't really been formed in the basics of the Christian faith, it, it can't help but they started a, a little a performative element gets added into the core of what it means to be a Christian. Mm. Where yeah. they start to believe and there there's a, a part of them that believes I need to be a certain way so that I could be this before my people. Mm. And as true as that is, I mean that's that's huge. Like I think there's a sense of responsibility that comes with leadership where you realize I can't do this because of the people around me, which is good. But I think for a, a believer who who isn't really rooted in the gospel, that becomes so dangerous because so much of their spiritual discipline becomes performative. Hmm. So much hmm. of their of prayer, of reading scripture, of even their character traits that they want to be, quote unquote, the man or the woman of God is not for this is not out of a genuine place of love for God, but rather a place where I need to perform or I need to be this kind of person. Mm. Yeah. Dude, I think that's so true. Like I was, I was thinking about that. I mean, I think there are so many things that play into that. Um, but yeah, I think just like, like a couple of my initial thoughts are like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I'm, it's glad that you, I'm glad that you said like rooted, right? Because like, if you're not rooted in the gospel, then like the roots are shallow, like, or, or, or maybe even like non-existent. And so even though like on the outside, like above ground, things look a certain way, like if there's no rooting, if there's nothing to actually pull, like again, like pull nutrients like out of the soil and that sort of thing, it will die. Yeah. Like the second you take it out of its environment or something like that, it will die. It will die. And I think, um, yeah, unfortunately that's so like, real <laughs> like there's so many um like I, I i i've i've seen that happen so many times where yeah people there, there's there's the behavior modification which i think is what you were saying right it's like mm. you, you get that behavioral modification you you put yourself in the right like social settings and whatever and yeah like people's behavior is gonna rub off on you right like as as it's said right like you're like you're the average of like the five people closest to you and that sort of thing. So it's like, if you spend enough time with these people, like, sure. Yeah. You might become a more moral person. You might become like a more uh, civil person or whatever. Like, again, you might achieve those like behavioral modifications. Um, and the reason I think like, I want to distinguish these from like, even like character development is because behavioral modification, it, it, it doesn't really address the root issue. Oh yeah. Right? Come on. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, you can, you, I can like, for like to use an example, like something like cussing, right? Like maybe you're someone who, again, like, I think this is a big issue for me. Like back in the day, like I just had a potty mouth, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like I just yeah, yeah. run up a storm. Right. And so you, you put yourself in the right settings. And I, and I, I feel like I saw that in my, you know, like and you, you stop a little bit. Right. And like, again, like that behavior, um, you know, like sure you're, you, you might not be saying those things, but you still have a perverse heart. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, yeah, you may not be spewing it, sure, but you still have a perverse heart. And I think yeah. like, like that's the reality for like a lot of different behavioral traits where it's like, okay, yeah, like maybe I'm able to appear more gracious. Like I'm more patient or I'm more like, again, these are good things, but ultimately like if it's just a behavioral modification, you never address the real issue. There's no real sanctification. <sighs> Whew, okay, let's stop right there because you're. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's just oh, so much there. Like, 
on top of what you're saying, let's say a person that is going through that, on top yeah. of that is yeah. a leader of a ministry. Shoot, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. even more, sanctification becomes a part of another one of, uh, another behavior modification. Like, them serving adds onto this behavior modification momentum that they have undergirding their spiritual lives. Like, and I mean, I mean, I loved how you, you made yourself a little vulnerable with your, with the potty mouth. I mean, for me too, man, like we, we tell our, our kids uh, not to watch porn. We tell our students and how dangerous it is to watch pornography. Um, but we are not addressing the, the undergirding issue, which is there is this, there is this lust, there is this fulfillment that you want to use another person for for yourself. Mm. And until you address that, like that that form is gonna that that it's just gonna come up in different fruits. You know, one season mm. it might be like an apple and the next season it might be a peach. And you could cut off the fruit, but that root is still there. And I yeah. think serving, when you're serving on top of that, it adds unto that. You're not ever actually addressing the fruit of what's going on in your heart because you're so busy producing fruit or having the expectation to produce fruit. Dude, yeah. And I think like you brought up like pornography and I think I think that's such a fitting example because I think what I've what I've kind of been like what I've been reminded of and even like learned a little bit of like this this past like couple months is like when you look at like especially in the Old Testament like the biblical narrative like anytime there's idolatry it's so interconnected for whatever reason to sexual immorality right yeah. and I think that's like the perfect example because idolatry like that's that's like the the root of like so much sin, right? Like an idolatry of self, right? Like that leads to like pride and like yeah. um you know all these other things, right? Or like an idolatry of of money or an idolatry of of the praises of man. Like if you have a fear of man, like that is idolatry, right? And so like yeah, we can tell them like don't do this, right? But that's just one manifestation of this deep 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 like heart like sickness right yeah like i'm i'm just reminded of like jeremiah 17 right it's like the heart is deceitful like who can understand it it is like sick like desperately sick and like yeah i think it's almost like when we put these people in like in in these positions of leadership like content with behavioral change right and i think like that that points to like an even bigger problem with like discipleship Right. Because it's like if you're getting discipled, then you're in a in a position of accountability to someone else. And that makes it a lot harder for you to be like a like a like a performative Christian in that sense. Right. But then like there's just like because there's all these other things that I think are um, like lacking even. Right. Then that's what happens. Right. Is you get like there's just this 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 surface level fix. Like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of wiped off the scratch or I put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. But it doesn't address the fact that, like, wow, there's, like, a deep sickness here. And we don't even, like, account for that. Like, I think, like, in our, in our like, natural way of, like, operating, we just – we like to, to see the best in people and to hope the best and to be, like, yeah, like, this person – they look solid. Like, I think they're solid, right? Or, like, I'm just going to – you know what I mean? And, like, there's just, like – Wow, I think I'm just reminded of all of these things where, um, like, we, 
even I think fall short in our understanding of like human nature, right? Where it's like we assume almost that if someone is serving, they're probably good, right? Like where and and I think that's crazy to me because I mean I think you uh, we talked about this like a couple of weeks ago, but even with someone like Matt Chandler, like we just saw this like you know kind of blow up in the news recently, like no one is above that. Like even someone who has such a it's like a clean track record like him, right? Um, or something like that. Like no one is above like failure, moral failure, catastrophic moral failure, right? And it's like, wow, yeah, we're, that's crazy because we're we're so fixated on like the short term like reward. Like we want that. Like especially that you know it's like, and I get it too. Like there's ministry events, there's things to be done, right? But like, like oh, there is such a temptation, right, to prioritize, like, this agenda over the spiritual well-being of a group of people. Dude, that is, like, and we do that for the, because there's a need, you know, we put the need in front of, like, we just, all we see is the need, like, we need leaders here. We we need, as yeah, you want to serve, you want to serve, they're solid, we want to serve, but we, and I understand because there's such a need to disciple people. And I, I don't know if that's in the sovereign plan of God, you know, like who are yeah. we to say that how churches do things are wrong. And like, like that is negative, but we just, we're just commenting on how like it, like what would it look like if, if someone who wanted to serve in a youth department or something were like, Hey, like, why don't you just take two years to really pray about it? Like, and like, like having that wall be higher, you know, like I yeah. sometimes I wish like, um, and I say this, I, I don't say this with like a light heart, but I'm like, what would it look like if I, and I pastored in my thirties, you know, instead of mm-hmm. pastoring in my twenties, when yeah. I'm working out all these issues, yeah. that I didn't know was in me until like I hit 27, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I, and just like, dude, this is so difficult, but you know, what makes it more tough is that I'm a pastor during this season where, where it's like, it's like, I'm not the finished product right now. And, but yet there's this expectation to be the finished product, which adds up yeah. to this whole performative element. Oh, I need to run the yeah. prayer so that like, rather than this being addressed, I'm like, God, please like, you know, may I have something to say this Sunday? And it's just like, I just like, where are we going? And I, I just wish like, I wished that wall to serving would be higher, not for the sake of being higher, but for the sake of producing long lasting disciples. Dude. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that too, because I feel like, um, I mean, I mean, I've been listening. I, I, I like to listen to a lot of like, you know, like whether it's like Ligonier or John Piper or like whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like a lot of the, the stuff that I've been hearing as of late, and you probably been hearing it too, but I know there's all those statistics going around of like, um, like pastors burning out, right? Where it's like, I think it's some like ridiculous statistic, like 70 something percent of pastors will like burn out in the first Uh, like three years of ministry work, Um, which is, which is crazy, right? Like that's crazy. And I think that they're like, I've kind of talked to some of my buddies about this. I think there are a lot of factors that play into that. Um, But I mean, I mean, this is indicative of, of a big problem, right? Like clearly there's something wrong here. Um, and I think another thing that I've just been, cause I mean, I'm, I'm in a position in my life where I'm considering like a ministry calling too. Right. Yeah. And so I've listened to a lot of like, 
like like okay pastoral advice on that and i've heard different perspectives and that sort of thing but i think like i'm i'm getting reminded i've heard piper talk about this and others as well but like as much as because i see i see there's like these like like i'm going to talk about this maybe like from like a pastoral like ministry ministerial perspective um but i think that this is true in a sense of like any position of spiritual authority right it's like the way that I've always heard Piper describe it, and I think that was like such a encouragement to me as someone who was considering the ministry, is like the way he's always described like what it's like to be a pastor and to be like a preacher, even right. It's like you spend the week digging for gold, right? Like you are mining, right, the scriptures and like mining in the place of prayer, searching for diamonds, right? Like, like, and then when you find them, like again, it's a laborious process, but when you find them. It is such a joy because not only not only for you, but you get to take it before the congregation or even those that you're leading and say, look at what I found. Right. Look at this like this treasure that I have found. And it's like there's such in, in some sense, there is such a joy to spiritual authority or like leadership or or ministry or whatever, because like that's that's in, in the most ideal sense, like what it looks like. Right. Like you're walking with the Lord like throughout the week and you are like sowing into the place of prayer and, and reading his word and writing it on your heart. And like, as he convicts you and moves in your heart, like you come across these diamonds and you're like, Oh my gosh. Right. Like I found such a treasure. Like I want to share it with you. And that is a joy of like this kind of like ministry thing. But it's like on the flip side of that, and I think it's interesting because like my my one of my friends, like David too, like he's even considering like a ministry calling. And I think we kind of see like two different perspectives on it where it's like I've seen more of this like Piper's description of it, like the, the digging for gold. But then he looks at it more from like the like the James three, right? Like the not many of you should be teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And Piper has talked about this too, where it's like, you know, God is harsh when he when he talks about like like those who are entrusted with the shepherding of his flock. Like yeah. Like, especially for like false teachers or people who like, like lead them astray. Like, I think it says somewhere in, in one of the, the major prophets, like he will spread dung across their face. Like he, like there, there is a, there's like a harshness and an intensity to like, um, there's a weight to that position. Right. And like, in some sense, like, yes, there is such a joy and a reward, like a great great reward for serving in a ministry context like whatever that may look like but on the flip side of that um there is a there is a high calling and i think like i was i was i was hearing that yesterday it's like there 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 is a high calling like we when when paul says like we are called to lead a life worthy of the calling right of the gospel that's that's not like a light thing and i think like um yeah, like I'm just reminded, like, like I feel like, like you said, like sometimes we put the we put the cart before the horse, almost, right? Where it's like, like we see, oh, okay, there's this like immediate need that needs to be addressed, and absolutely, like, you know, like that's I think this goes back to like even the premise of this whole podcast, right? Like, there's we're walking that line, like there is absolutely like a fine line here to be found, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, yeah, like how do we balance like the the severity or the gravity of like what it means to hold that kind of a position and the requirements for it. Right. Like how do we balance that with like, yes, like we want people to be challenged and and grown and sanctified, you know, through these, 
opportunities. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I feel you, man. I, we are walking that line because in no way are we saying like, Hey, for you to be a VBS leader, like you should pray about that for about three years before yeah. telling you, because then yeah, yeah, you yeah. never run VBS ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So practically, that's not going to make any sense. But to add the other side to it, where it's like, like, like first of all, letting them know this by no means, no way does it is this going to sustain your spiritual life? Like this, Dude, this yeah. serving thing is not going to sustain you. This. The serving thing is actually an overflow of where you already are at. Um, and if you get that mixed up, you're going to get messed up. You're going to get messed mm-hmm. up. And your, your scripture reading is going to be dry. Your time of prayer is going to be non-existent. Uh, and you may very well be leading out of your charisma and your personality. And I think that is dangerous for any young believer to get into the habit of doing um, yeah, yeah. It's just, man, bro. Like you know, uh, I wanted to. Uh, we our, our podcasts are usually going for like what an hour or fifty minutes, and we got like thirteen minutes left. Forty, forty-ish. 40, yeah, 40, uh, 40, 40, 50. I mean, we can, we can, we can go. Ask you a question. Yeah. Like this is just practically speaking. Mm. Are there any markers that should prevent you? from letting someone serve but they're already a believer they're already a believer they believe in jesus it's not a non-believer coming up to you saying can i serve but someone who is a believer in the church are there any markers where you're like hey i think you should hold off just for those even who are listening i think the first thing that comes to mind at least for me um is their speech Mm. So like I've been reading through like like the like I mean I kind of do like the daily proverbs discipline alongside like that sort of thing oh, and like that's huh yeah no, that? that's good that's good yeah that's yeah 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 and so like I I think what I've seen so much like just repeated again and again and again and again and again like throughout the proverbs is like like a man will eat from the fruit of his mouth right like like I see so many just again and again. I think I've marked it in my Bible like 15 times in the past couple of days, like like where the Proverbs essentially say to be wise with your words, slow to speak. And like like there's so many other things where it's like, you know, like like the words of the mouth are an overflow of the heart, right? And yeah. so many things. And I think um and, and this is this is hard, but I guess like like I, we're assuming like that we've seen a lot of like this person's like speech and conduct and that sort of thing is like, um, yeah, just seeing the way that they talk. And I think I've been rebuked a lot myself by like reading the Proverbs. I'm like, dang, like, shoot, <laughs> like I'm so careless with my speech sometimes. And I think, um, that really is like a, I think a huge thing. I think on a spiritual level in the sense of like, their, the words of their mouth, again, are an overflow of the heart. There is an indicator of their spiritual condition by the way that they, they talk, right? Mm-hmm. But in a, in a super practical, pragmatic sense too, like if they're just if – they, if they can't bridle their tongue, right, then like that is in so many ways, like that can be so destructive to like the people that they're leading, right? Where it's like if, if they are – like I guess to use an extreme example, like just potty mouth – 
um, super like perverse speech or whatever. And, and it, it just bleeds. Like you can see it, right? Like, especially if they're leading people, like, I mean, yeah, I think you could, you could stumble people really easily with that sort of a thing. Like that's the kind of thing that can really quickly stumble people or, or just set a bad example. Um, and, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, I think, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think yeah. about like, what are some practical things? It's like, what, what do I see out of their mouth? What do I hear out of their mouth? Right. It's like, is that, are they someone who, now again, there's levels to this. It's not like they need to be, <laughs> you know, just so like gracious in every word, right. That they speak where it's like some, some ridiculous standard like that. But I think that that is, is kind of like a telltale sign of like, mm. Oh shoot. You know, like this, this now again, to be fair, like we said earlier, like, could you get the behavior modification right? And just like, you know, like you just yeah. say the right things. Like, yeah, absolutely. But I think, I feel like that is, is kind of like a, a first step, you know, yeah. in, in engaging that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, what I love about our conversations is that it's not like we've ever mastered this. Yeah. Like yeah. me and you are like, sure. Oh, Hey, look at us. It's, I think after this podcast, I'm literally going to spend some time with the Lord and saying, God, like you got to search my heart. Like, mm. cause yeah. I, I don't feel above this at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I mean, I think one marker for me that I see um, in my own life and other people's lives is um, unforgiveness. Mm. Un, yeah. Uh, unforgiveness. I think if, if, if that's because that, at a sense, it's um, that's not really a character issue. That's a gospel issue. Yeah. That, yeah. That's understanding the gospel issue. And it doesn't have to be like, I think there's a difference between emotional forgiveness, like feeling the complete, underst- like feeling like I've forgiven this person fully. Um, there's a difference between that, between and forgiving out of obedience and understanding the gospel because your emotions not, might not be completely there. But when has our faith ever been led by emotion? It's, yeah. it's, it's you make that decision and then that commitment and that obedience to forgive. And then after that, like, yeah, as, as crazy as it is, like people who like have like forgiveness issues towards their parents and towards their dad, before I, I would let them into leadership, I would want to sit down with them like, hey, like, did you forgive them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, oh, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I just... I, I, that remind, I, I don't know if you know Jonathan Bakluda, like the, uh, he's like pretty well-known like pastor guy, but I think, uh, that it just reminds me cause like the one thing he, when he, when he marries people, like when he officiates weddings, the first thing he always asks is, do you have unforgiveness? And if the answer is yes, he won't do the wedding. <laughs> somebody, somebody yeah. give the man a, a hallelujah right now, dude. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that just reminds me, I mean, obviously marriage is like, a like <laughs> that's a whole separate, you know, yeah. but like the same principles like are applicable. It's like, yeah, if you, you know, if like if you're harboring unforgiveness or bitterness in that way, yeah, it's a gospel issue. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my friend sitting down with me. I can't say what church he's from. I can't say where he's a pastor, but there is this issue where um, one of the elders hadn't had an unforgiveness issue 
uh, towards a church member or something like that. Like there was an mm. offense done and someone yeah. got offended and a uh, church member tried work, r- working things out, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't happening. Um, and then all the pastors kind of got together. Um, obviously it's not Presbyterian. <laughs> all the pastors <laughs> got together and yeah. uh, they talked and um, they came to the conclusion um, they're going to talk to the elder and if he doesn't choose to forgive, he's gonna. They're gonna ask him to step down because that is such a big issue to yeah. not forgive. You know, like yeah. to, it was to them like, hey, this is more important than you taking responsibility of our church. Is that you? You work this out before the Lord. Yeah, and um, dude, that's huge. You know, and I think that's in my heart too. Like I'm like my gosh, Lord, like there's so many people that I need, I want to work things out with. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's scary to get to that place to, to uh, kind of onboard people when you don't know what's exactly going through their hearts. And this might be one of them, you know, mm-hmm. and unforgiveness is contagious. It's yeah. not just that it doesn't just stay with you, but you harboring that, I think it, it reproduces itself in different areas of your life and in other people. Yeah, it festers, right? It's like, uh, like I, I'm just reminded of like, you know, like the like like in scripture where it says like, do not let the sun go down in your anger and give the devil a foothold. Like you're literally opening the door to, you know, like, yeah, for lack of a better term, like demonic activity, right? In the sense of like, yeah, like, you will be taken advantage of like that will be absolutely leveraged for darkness sake. Right. And, um, dude, yeah, I think that's huge. I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I think like, that's like a, that's, that's a, that's a gospel matter. And, um, yeah, I think just to kind of like ground everything I'm thinking about, like, like, what does this, what does this mean? Like practically for the church, right? It's like, you know, how, how does how does a church like not even just a church like a ministry or like a a parachurch ministry or a missions organization you know i mean like whatever it is like like how do you go about like i guess combating this like how do we how do we work against this current of like flippant leadership if that makes sense or flippant service or like um I, I don't know maybe that's not the best word for it but i think i think you get what i mean where it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's like uh there's a there's a lack of discernment or there's a lack of like um intentionality in the way that like leaders are chosen or, or given positions of authority and that sort of thing like i i think the one thing that's been on my mind in the midst of this discussion like having served as a leader myself like and even seeing like others in that so i think what makes or has made a world of difference is i think the key thing or like at least what i'm thinking about is discipleship where it's like in the sense of i think so many of the problems that we've talked about whether it is a problem with their speech or unforgiveness or um even just like practically speaking like foundations of the christian faith like Christianity 101 sort of thing. Yeah. Like I remember t- I, like I was talking with Pastor June not, not too long ago and I was sharing how like when I came up here, I realized that there was a lot of that, like like you said, like that performative aspect, like that performative behavior in my life, right? Where yeah. I was like, shoot. And I think that w- what you, what like, what I'm kind of like picturing when I think about this is like when we do that, 
we paint this image around ourselves, right? Or we create this like shell, this like appearance of like what we want ourselves to look like, but there isn't actually anything holding that up on the inside. It's just Ooh, a shell. Whitewashed tombs, man. Yes, yes. It's yeah. just like a it's just like this like yeah, it's just this like outward shell. And then like when when life happens or when you get displaced or moved somewhere else or something, again, the Lord does what he he pulls the rug out from under, you see that there was nothing to hold that up and it shatters and it falls, right? Like this image, this like whatever you crafted on the exterior, if there's nothing, there's no character, if there's no regenerative work to back it up, it's just a shell and it crumbles. Yeah. Like the biggest thing that I realized, and I was sharing with Pastor Junior is like, I realized when I came up here, I think like, as much as I am so thankful for those, like even like you who like people who have like invested into my life, I think I've grown and benefited so much for it. I think because when I first got saved and that sort of thing, I really wasn't discipled. And I think I'm seeing the ramifications of that even now, where it's like, wow, all of like, there were a lot of like very foundational things that I just never had instilled in me because I just wasn't discipled. And it, I, I don't, I don't attribute that as like a fault of anybody or anything like that. It's just like the nature of the situation, right? Where it was like, there was a lack of discipleship. And I think the same can be said for like a lot of serving right it's like like how do you address these problems like how do you build up like a core of leaders right or like people in the church that are grounded right that are not these shells right like how do you prevent the construction how do, how do you get like a root going here right like how do you like ground them and it's i think at least what i'm thinking about here is like i think discipleship because i think that made the world difference for me i think being able to be discipled by guys like you or pastor gene or whoever like again it made the world a difference i think in terms of my spiritual formation um and like i'm realizing i think a lot of times when, like, when we see like people who are in these positions of leadership and maybe falling short in some of the ways that we've talked about, it's it's because of a lack of discipleship. Not to yeah. absolve them of responsibility, right? Like in yeah. some sense, you know, they're absolutely responsible for their spiritual walk and like how they conduct themselves and stuff like that. But I think a big part of it is like walking in accountability, doing these things, It's it starts with discipleship. And I think that's just kind of what um, I'm thinking is like, like how, do you, how do you create a culture in which this stuff doesn't happen? You disciple people and you're like, you know, intimately involved in their lives and that kind of a thing. Oh my gosh, Sam, I mean, that's great. Like, um, it's a hard question to answer. Basically, how do yeah. you create a culture of organic discipleship uh, yeah. within, a, within a, a world of Christendom that runs on performance programs? Like, uh, uh, And it, it is countercultural in a sense. You have to swim upstream. First of all, it's got to start with you as the leader or whoever's listening, if you're a leader or if you're a student, um, mm. just being aware of the environment that you're going, be aware of what you're signing up for and what the dangers are ahead of you um, in terms of your own soul. Um, and I would say, um, honestly, Sam, when I think about the way that I discipled you, I never really discipled you. I just was there in key moments to have like key conversations where I made you think, Hey, rather than jumping into ministry right away, what would it look like for you to jump in later after God has done a lot of work on your soul? Like, yeah, I remember the moment where, you know, I think this is a classic moment, but like 
it wasn't really discipleship. Like you, you threw a pita at my face or something like that at college retreat, right? <laughs> yes. And then, and then yeah. you came up later and you're like, hey, I'm so sorry, bro. And I'm like, hey, it's okay, bro. Like, I still love you. And God used that moment to show you like his heart as a father over your life that like, hey, even in those moments, I still love you. And I think that's where we start to realize true discipleship comes outside of a program. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. True discipleship, and I realized that too, like all the discipleship, like the meaningful discipleship of my life has not happened in like a G12. Like, (laughs) yeah, uh, which I mean, there are people that have, don't get me wrong, some people have gotten rocked by those things. But personally for me, all the people that I can point to had key discipleship moments in my life relatively happened outside the walls of programs. Uh, programs may have been a place where those relationships were started, but true discipleship happened outside those walls for me because I, I just don't think it's a program kind of thing. Um, that's why it's, that's why Jesus could only disciple 12 because there's a cap on you. There's like, if you try to disciple like 50 people, it's just not going to work. Like, because there's a limit to how many people you can actually walk with in life. Uh, and have meaningful conversations and be in those spontaneous moments where God is doing something on a person's heart and you just in that moment to speak into them. Like there's only a few number of people that you could build credibility up to that point with and consistently be in their life with at the same time. I think to answer your question, it would probably have, we have to probably unhinge ourselves from uh, efficiency and more like just walking life out. Dude, yeah, I think honestly, may, maybe this is even like a quick setup for like what we can talk about in like a future episode or something. But I think, like, I know we talked a little bit about like platform and that yeah. sort of thing. But I think even what we're talking about now, like, I, I what I'm thinking about more, and I've had conversations about this, is I feel like this is even like a challenge to like the American mega church model, right? Oh, the, let's go there. Oh, shoot. It's like, yeah, it's like, but you, you know, I mean, like this, this kind of manufacturing facility for Christianity, right? It's like that. I don't, I don't see that anywhere in scripture, right? Like that yeah. sort of thing where it's like, but yeah, I mean, even like, I guess to, like on top of that too, like the whole like celebrity pastor culture, I know we didn't talk too much about that today, but that's like, dude, like there's so much of that, that shell. Right. Yeah. And then when you see catastrophic moral failure, like Robbie Zacharias or Carl Lance or like whoever, then you realize there is nothing behind that. And I yeah. think it's like, it's like, I don't know. I, again, that's, we don't have to, we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. We don't have to dive into any of that right now, yeah. but it's like, I'm thinking about like, like, what does this lead to in terms of like, even like later discussions? Like what do these things that we've even talked about today, like how does it apply to other things that we see? And I, I'm thinking about all these things, right. Where it's like, there are so many examples I think that we see around us. And I think it's probably by God's grace and his sovereignty that they are examples that we see. And it's like, whoa, that's a reminder. That's a wake up call. It's a warning. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think just to kind of, you know, I, I can share some like just final closing thoughts and you too, it's like, you feel free to, but um, yeah, I think it's like, like you said, like if you're a leader, if you're in a position of authority, you know, anything, anything like that, it's like, how do you take a sober assessment of yourself and your spiritual health and that sort of thing? Um, and like, maybe even like reassess your priorities here, right? It's like, 
whoa, you're, you know, giving up your time in all these different ways. But like, wow, something simple, like a spiritual discipline, like prayer, reading the Bible, like maybe you failed at that for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, I, I think I'm reminded of just even something that Pastor Gina said to me before. It's like, you can't take someone into a place that you yourself have never been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, how can you tell people to read the Bible if you don't read the Bible? How can you tell people to pray if you don't pray? Right? How can you lead and, and, and point people in a direction in which you yourself have never gone? And it's like, wow, I don't know. I think that's just like my thoughts on this too. It's like, yeah, let's not be performative because I think when we look at the Bible and what it says about that sort of thing, like, if you are a hypocrite, like you're basically just heaping judgment on your head. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in a, in a, in a, yeah, like that's again, not to diminish grace or forgiveness or anything like that. Like, yes, but like in a sense, like there is a weight to that where it's like, we need to live um, in a manner worthy of the calling of the gospel. And so, yeah, yeah that's kind of my thoughts on it. Dude, no, I, I, I'm fully on board with that. Like, we need to, we need a, it's like, there's like a, there's like a whole system that we kind of have to upheave, like out of our minds or out of our hearts and how we think God works. Um, and yeah, like I, like you said, there's, we're not, it's like almost like we're challenging the system, you know, we're challenging like the way things have been done or have been thought because we see all this fruit that's coming out. We're like, Hey, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, like that, uh, this is consistently happening in the churches. Like is, you know, is is nobody else thinking that this is kind of weird? Like, um, and specifically in the American church, right. Or any kind of country that has like mega churches, I think of South Korea and pastors there are just known for not being good people, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, I just, you know, I just hope that whoever's listening, my final thought is that uh, you would know that um, me and Sam, like our hearts are for the church. And that's why we have these kinds of discussions. Our hearts are for serving. And that's why we talk about this. Our hearts are for you to be more like Jesus and to serve. We're just addressing like what that, how could, how that could look like. And maybe doing it in a more healthier fashion to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Wow. I I think that's kind of a great way to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Our heart is for the church. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think maybe next time we can have a discussion about the church, (laughs) you know, talk about that, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for, for listening and joining us for another one of these, just very haphazardly thrown together episodes. I think it's a joy to be able to just sit down and have these conversations um, and do this kind of thing. Truly a privilege. Um, so yeah, that's that's it for today. We'll be uh, signing off. And um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. <laughs>